Happy Sabbath. Happy day. Happy Sabbath. And happy day. Uh, apologies from the preacher for coming late. Part of it was my mistake. The other part was elements of nature warring against me. So I couldn't help on some parts. Receive my apologies. Uh, before we begin, I'd like us to humble ourselves so that we have an opening word of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we give glory, honor, and praise into your holy name. We thank you for your goodness, which surpasses human understanding. Your love, which transcends what we may think, and God, for your presence with us at all times, Heavenly Father. God, at this point in time, we pray that may you send us your Holy Spirit in a special way. For when you went, you said, when he, the Comforter, is come, he will guide you into all truth and he will teach you all things. God, please teach us in this hour. Guide us into all truth and bring into remembrance those things which you taught us. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our key text was from the book of Hebrews chapter 13, reading from verses 14. The Bible says, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. The songwriter said, We have no abiding city here, but we seek a city yet to come. Annie Rebecca Smith penning the words of song number 439. How far from home? Interestingly, she asks these words, How far from home? I ask as on I bend my steps. The watchman spake, saying, The long dark night is almost gone. The morning will soon break. Then weep no more, speed thy flight, with hope's bright star as thy guiding ray. I ask the warrior on the field, this was his soul-inspiring song, but with courage bold, the sword and will. The battle is not long, therefore weep no more, but well endure. Why? Because the conflict should be endured until the work is done. As you go ahead, it says, us again, earth, sea, and sun, seem with one voice to make reply. This is now nature speaking and saying, time's wasting sands are nearly run. Eternity is nigh. Therefore, weep no more with warning tones Why? potential signs are thickening round. The whole creation waiting groans to hear that trumpet sound. Oh, not far from home, oh blessed thoughts. The traveler's lonely heart to cheer when he has that thought, which of the healing balm has brought to the traveler, and dry the mourner's tear. Therefore, weep no more, since we shall meet where weary footsteps shall never roam. Our trials pass, our joys complete, safe in our Father's home. Earth, our challenge, heaven must remain our goal. Annie Rebecca Smith in 441 writes, say, I saw one weary, sad, and torn, with eager steps pressed on the way, who long the hallowed cross had borne, still looking for the promised day. While many a line of grief and care upon his brow was furrowed there, I asked, what buoyed his spirit up? All this said he, the blessed hope. Let's explain difficult English. Buoyed means cheer the spirit up. And so it goes ahead to say, And one I saw with sword and shield, who boldly braved the world's cold frown, and fought and yielding on the field, to win an everlasting crown. Though worn with the toil, oppressed by fraud, no murmur from his heart arose. I asked what buoyed his spirit up. This, said he, the blessed hope. Art is indeed a challenge. In verse 3 she says, And there was one who left behind 
times of early years and left behind an honor, pleasure, and wealth those he resigned to, to tread the path bedewed with tears through trials deep and conflict so, yet still a smile he wore. I asked what buoyed his spirit up. Oh, this said he, the blessed hope. She now goes ahead to pay in these words that while pilgrims here, we journey on this dark veil of sin and gloom through tribulation, hate, and scorn, or through the portals of the tomb, till our returning king shall come to take his exiled captives home. Oh, what can pull the spirits up? Tis this alone, the blessed hope. Art indeed remains a challenge. Heaven must be our goal. As we lay the foundation, the next songwriter asked, How cheering is a Christian's hope while toiling here below? It boils up while passing through this wilderness of war. He goes ahead to say it points us to a land of rest. Where saints with Christ will reign. Where we shall meet the Lord of earth and never pass again. But again, sorry. Verse 3 says, fly lingering moments, oh fly. Dear Savior, quickly come. We long to see thee as thou art and reach that blissful home. I love my high school years. Earth indeed is a challenge. I love my high school years. In high school, we spent quite some time and learned quite a number of songs. And one of them is this one I want to share with you that I just begin descending on the verses. There is a land of beauty light where saints immortal Excludes the night and pleasures banish pain. We're traveling to Emmanuel's land and soon shall hear the trumpet sound and soon we shall with Jesus reign and never, never part again. What never part again? No, never part again. What never part again? No, never part again. And soon we shall with Jesus reign and never, never part again. There everlasting spring abides and never withering flower and but a little space divides this heavenly land from ours we are traveling to Emmanuel's land and soon shall hear the trumpet sound and soon we shall with Jesus reign and never never part again what never part again no never part again what never part again no never part again and soon we shall with Jesus reign and never, never part again. The final stanza, the songwriter puts it this way. That is Isaac Watts writing. Could we but stand where Moses stood and view the landscape over? Not all this world's pretended good could ever charm us anymore. And I love this. There are several things we'll meet on this planet Earth. But 
could stand where Moses stood and Moses saw the land of Canaan. Oh my, I remember the words of some preacher trying to depict this clearly and saying that when Moses stood and saw the land of Canaan, Moses stood over there and saw the river Jordan and then he saw on the other side, he was given a picture of the heavenly Canaan and he saw the river of life. He said, river Jordan is too narrow, too shallow, too dirty for me to think of. And he could bear to die before crossing over the Jordan. For he said, what will it profit a man if he crosses this Jordan and fails to make it to the river of life? Shall we gather that the river must just cease to be just a song in your life and be a present reality? As you ask your question, yourself the question, shall we gather at the river? But wait, preacher, preacher, you need to explain to us this so that we get quickly to it. And so I will take us back to the book of Hebrews. You see, when Paul is writing the book of Hebrews, I love the way the book of Hebrews is founded. And the first word in the book of Hebrews says this, that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake unto our fathers by servants the prophet, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son Jesus Christ whom he has appointed heir of all things and by whom also he made the world that God what sundry times and in diverse manners spake unto our fathers as in this last day spoken to us by Jesus Christ the book of Hebrews is fascinating it fascinates me, for God seemingly is putting some foundational information in the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews, the outline of the book of Hebrews, shows us several things. Beginning with the supreme authority of Jesus Christ, goes ahead, tells us about the rest that has been set for the children of God. Tells us about Christ as our high priest. Speaks to us of the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ in chapter 9 all the way to chapter 10. But now when we get to chapter 10 verses 23, it shifts gear. For we can't spend all the time telling you what Christ is doing in heaven without telling us and begging us to desire to go to heaven. And that is why when you land in chapter 13, you will learn that in chapter 13 verses 14 it says we have no continuing city here. Before the statement is made that we have no continuing city here, there are things we must learn. That's where I want to put my focus on this particular day. Looking at 20 minutes to 1, I ask us to pay attention as we go through the book of Hebrews and begin from the end of the sermon, we go backwards. So that in the event that time cuts us short, I will have already ended the sermon, isn't it? So let's go to the end as we come backwards. Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verses 1. In Hebrews 12 verses 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing that we are also encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. As the author of the book of Hebrews writes this, he says, see, wherefore, in fact, I beg us to consider the word and he says, wherefore, in other words, as we have spoken of this. This is the conclusion of the matter. Wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. I know one or two things, or even five things, or even ten things, or a thousand things about football. This year, rather today, should be the Champions League finals. But this year, the best footballer in the world was called, or is still called, Cristiano Ronaldo. They love giving highlights of people, especially athletes, when they attain great feats. 
Explanations were being given about Cristiano Ronaldo, how he became a very good footballer. And they came to start explaining that, you see, when Cristiano Ronaldo spent a few moments on the gym and in training, as he trains how to play and do those his footwork tricks on the ball, he normally trains with weights on his foot. You ask why? The thing is this, when he trains with the weights on his foot, his foot will be a little bit heavy. So if he's able to run very fast with these weights on his foot, what about when the weights are removed and then he gets to the pitch? You know, the other defenders look at him and they become dazzled and they leave him to pass. They enjoy what he's doing and they forget their duty. And let me tell you something. As I look at that, when I read this, the wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. In other words, when you are getting to the final match, you put aside the weights. The weights can be used in the training field. There is no problem with that. But when you are on final home stretch, you put aside the weights. You don't come with the weights to the field. No. And this is the same thing with athletes. When athletes are training, it is said that they go to places of high altitude. And that is why most of the athletes come from Eldoret and Kapsabet and the rest. They go to high altitude areas. Why? So that at that place, their oxygen levels... I, I believe most of you are still doing geography. I encourage you to assign, please. Those who have not yet taken geography, go and take it. It helps you to understand someone's... Anyway, what happens is, the higher you go, the more it becomes, the higher you go, the less the oxygen concentration. So what happens is, athletes train at places where the oxygen concentration is slightly low. So that when they go to run in these other places where they have additional oxygen, you think that these athletes, these skeletons are so powerful. No. Their bodies have gotten used to stretching to exhaustive levels and a low oxygen. And now they come to a place where there is an abundance of oxygen and they look to be enjoying. And you're wondering, why are these people having such endurance? By the way, have you noticed that Kalenjins are so good at long distance races, but short distance races they can't manage it? You know why? It is endurance. Short distance races don't need endurance. They need muscles. And that is why Bolt is so masculine. But let me come back to this. Because I'm still explaining verses 1. I have not yet begun the sermon, by the way. If you see me go to chapter 10 of Hebrews, know that I am beginning the sermon, okay? But let's go. Chapter 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every way, and we must also lay aside the same that don't so easily beset us. And it says this, that we may run with patience the race that is set before us. Now things are getting serious. Somebody once said, Paul must have been an athlete or a lover of athlete. And I see Paul using all examples in Olympics and he uses races. He talks about boxing and such kinds of things. And he says that when we are running, wait, when you are running, don't run without a purpose. I have told you one thing, art is a challenge. And when you are running in this challenging art, don't run without a purpose. You did not enroll into this school so that at the end of four years you are asked, what have you been doing at MFA? I don't know. No, I don't say shame on you from the pulpit, but I dare say shame on you. If you don't know your purpose after four years, that is strange. I says this. As we are running with patience, the race that is set before, let us look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our race. Amen. Let me tell you something you don't understand that when it is explained that the reason as why we are running, we are not just running anyhow. There is an author, the person who authorized this race, and is the finisher of our race. Let us look unto him. And when he goes ahead to say, let us look unto him, he says, who for the joy that was said before him, in other words, they are telling us that, let me tell you something. I am telling you to run with patience. I am not telling you something that nobody else has run. Here is Jesus Christ. Joy was said before him. The joy of mankind being saved was said before him. And he began the race. As he came and he was born in a manger, he began the race. As he was baptized in the river Jordan, he began the race. 
mighty reign faithfully that race. Who for the joy that was set before him, it says, endured the cross. I have told people from pulpit that rusty nails did not keep Jesus upon the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And it goes ahead to say, despising shame and he said, down at the right hand of the throne. He says, for consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against yourself, lest you be weary and faint in your mind. He says, you have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. He says, you have not resisted unto blood. Earth indeed is a challenge. And the challenge on earth as we aim for heaven, which is our goal, should be that we strive against sin, resisting unto blood. As you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verses 23. I have told you Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 say, Wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, that is the statement. Because we have seen a great cloud of witness, the question is, who are these witnesses? Writing in the manuscript 61 of 1907, the messenger to the remnant says these solemn words. The ways that are stated in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 are the evil habits and practices we have formed by following our own dispositions. Those are the ways. And he says, who are the witnesses? These are those who are spoken of in the previous chapter. Those who have braved, who have breasted the evils and difficulties in their ways. Who have in the name of the Lord embraced brace themselves successfully against the opposing forces of evil. They have sustained and strengthened. They were sustained and strengthened and the Lord held them by his hand. And so he says that we are foreseeing these weaknesses. And I need to spend a few minutes on the weaknesses. Wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. You'll tell me, preacher, you don't understand what I'm going through. I will always say I don't need to understand. One thing I know is that we are going through tough times. And that's why I had to change the theme for this rally and explain to us that earth is our challenge. But heaven has to remain our goal. There are challenges we are going to face. But the question is, who is willing to stand bravely against the challenges? As we read in Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verses 23, an appeal to faithfulness and godly living in view of the day of judgment and the coming of Christ Jesus. The messenger to the remnant has already covered this and explained to us that you see Christ is coming soon. The songwriters have spent a lot of time telling us that Jesus is coming again. And Rebecca Smith asked how far from home I asked. And now I am telling us that we are nearing home. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He's saying we must hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that has promised. In fact, Hebrews 10.36, you will understand, it says, for ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you must receive the promise. Did you get that? You might receive the promise of God after doing the will of God. You can sit back expecting to go to heaven and yet you've not done the will of God. That's why I keep on explaining that after we have done the will of God, God will look at us and say, yes, these people have done my will. And since these people have done my will, they are worthy to be called my children. They are worthy to receive the prize. I love Isaac Watts. And Isaac Watts spent these words asking, am I a soldier of the cross? 
a follower of the Lamb, and shall I fear to own the cross, the cross of the Lamb, or shall I blush to speak His name? But I like this stanza too. It normally asks a very interesting question: That must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease, while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? And that is a question today. As we are looking at the world is the heroes of faith, the question is being asked, will I ask God that God please understand, for me I just want to glide in through into heaven. And there are people who fought to win the prize. Will it be fair? All of us who are in school quite understand this. For you will never feel that it is fair if the boy who is always skipping classes comes and the teacher does not mark the papers and awards marks randomly and then gives that boy who is missing classes position one. You will not pick it as being fair. In fact, you will say this is not the best school. You will change schools. And so do you expect God? By the way, I normally ask, how shall we explain when you want to go to heaven on flowery beds of ease and then you see over there somebody like Paul who was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned almost to death and then you see Paul coming up and then you're like, uh, God, I also want to get the same as Paul. Is it fair? As in you look like you're joking, God will also look at you and say, excuse me, what do you mean? And so, as we look, as we look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 20, verses 37, he goes ahead to say this, Yet a little while, and he that will come, will come, and he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul have no pleasure in him. Why do men draw back? That is the question. Why do men draw back? They draw back because they find the challenge too hard for them to endure. Why do people drop out of school? It's the same. They find the challenge too difficult to bear. And as you go ahead, verse 39 says, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. He says that we are different. And after you said that, now Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, asks the question, says the statement, Wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness. And so as we begin in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1, you commonly know this as the chapter of faith. But in Hebrews 11, verses 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it goes ahead to now outline, By faith the elders obtained a good report. He says, by faith, through faith rather, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and that the things which are seen were made out of things which do not appear. Who are the witnesses? And so it goes ahead to say that these are the witnesses. Let me count for you the witnesses. I have told you that we need faith, but let me count for you the witnesses. I have a case to present. And here are the witnesses. Men who have braved the war. Men who have withstood the challenges of this earth. And why were they able to withstand the challenges of this earth? Their focus was on the goal. And so he says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he, though being dead, yet speaketh. He goes ahead to say that by faith, Enoch was translated by God. That he should not see death. He was taken. And why was he taken? For before his translation, he heard this testimony that he pleased God. And so the Bible continues. From Enoch we go all the way to Noah. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of 
of the flood that was yet to come. He was moved with fear. Noah now being moved with fear and now goes and prepares an ark for the saving of his soul. In fact, the Bible records that this act of Noah, it says that by which he condemned the world because he was heir of righteousness which is by faith. It says that when Noah obeyed God, seemingly to be able to withstand the challenges of this world, obedience to God is paramount. You must take God at his word. And as you go ahead, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out and to a place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing where he went. Now that is strange. It says that he obeyed. He didn't know where he went. But he said where he may lead me I will go. For I have learned to trust him so. And goes where the Lord sends him to go. And Abraham walked. And as Abraham walked we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says in verses 9 of Hebrews chapter 11 that by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacle with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And here the Bible is so clear that he dwelt in tabernacles. In other words, when he was dwelling in tabernacles, he was dwelling in a place that does not even have foundation. He was saying, I'm looking forward to a city which has foundation. And as this continued over and over, the Bible says that on this one man, from this one man, sprang even an entire nation. And it goes ahead to chronicle several people. And I want us to understand, as being our challenge, the moments we feel like we are going through certain things and we feel like we are the only ones. But I see challenging moments came for people over here. And Abraham was not the only one. The Bible records that there is another gentleman called Joseph. The time came for Joseph. And when the time came for Joseph, you see the brothers did like Joseph. And the brother sold Joseph. And when the brother sold Joseph, he was sold into Egypt. Went to Potiphar's house. But always I say that God has a way of preserving his people through all times and at all times. And making good come out of nothing. And so when he went to Potiphar's house, Potiphar took charge. And you know something? The devil must have challenged him, and the devil must have said something to the effect that Joseph, Joseph is only faithful to you because you have made him love so much by the father. Let us try him. And so Joseph is sold by the faith, brothers. And you would have thought that Joseph would have given up on God. Joseph holds fast to God. And when Joseph is sold, Joseph goes to Potiphar's house. Joseph is entrusted with everything in Potiphar's house, the devil feels challenged. So the, the devil brings temptation through Mrs. Potiphar. By the way, in my studies and checking here and there, and also in my sanctified imagination, I am meant to try and imagine that it's not that Potiphar's wife was not beautiful. The thing is, Joseph purposed in his heart that he will not sin against God. And you may think that Joseph must have asked himself, Surely God, why do I have to be thrown into prison? But let me tell you something. God has a way of flying things. You see, God knew that in some years to come, there was a problem that was going to come of famine in the land of Canaan. And I normally say that when the problem was going to come of famine in the land of Canaan, uh, God must have been somewhere and said, Now, I want my servant in prison. And you know, everyone is like, now, how can we get him into prison? Mrs. Potiphar agrees to the temptation that is coming on her body, not knowing that they're just playing into God's grand plan of saving the children of Israel. Well, they get to prison. And then I see uh, several years to come, 
something strange happens and so there is this case of uh, God is like but I need somebody who will inform Pharaoh that there is Joseph over here and I want Joseph to be the prime minister but you see you see there is no one from Pharaoh's household who is in prison and then the baker and the butler commit an offense and they have to go to prison but you see God God is still in control of everything and when they come to prison God ensures that when they are in prison, something happens. They must have a dream. Things can't happen to them without them dreaming. They must have a dream because I know I'm going to speak to Pharaoh through a dream, but Pharaoh is going to be troubled. And Pharaoh must have somebody who can understand the dreams. So these people, they must have a dream. That's someone for another day, but I imagine what happened to them when they went to sleep that evening. And then when they woke up, one of them was told you're going to die, the other one was told you're going to live. I would have requested to change dreams. Anyway, that remained like that, and you know, time comes, and when the butler leaves, and the chief baker also leaves, and after some time, they, they forget that there's somebody called Joseph. Nobody remembers Joseph. But when nobody remembered Joseph, God still remembered Joseph. And in all the challenges of this earth, we must understand the God who remembered Joseph. And that's why when he got into Pharaoh's household, God remembered him. A dream came to Pharaoh, he interpreted the dream, and he was made the prime minister. And when he was made the prime minister, he remembered his brothers. But let me tell you something. When you are in a strange land, now listen to this carefully. When you are in a strange land, your mind must be focused on the land of promise. You can't stay in a strange land and think like somebody in a strange land and find a strange land comfortable. It's bad. It's bad to find comfort in Egypt. And that is why the Bible records, imagine, of all the things that Joseph did, even when Joseph challenges of this world must convince us that we need to go home. And when you look, it says by faith Moses when he was become of age. This is another sermon I like. By faith Moses when he was become of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The privileges that came by being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter was so much. By faith Moses when he was become of age, he said can go too far but not farther than this. When he was become of age, today I'm asking all of us listening, have you become of age? Age is not a number. It says by faith, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And then I like how these things go. It says by faith, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea. The Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drained. And now you go to verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encompassed for seven days. By faith, the hallowed Rahab 
Perish not with them that believe not, for she had received the pie, the spies with peace. By faith, even a harlot gets salvation. When they accept God in this challenging world. And I like verses 32. It says, what shall I more say? What more shall I say? For time, truly time will fail me to tell you of the story of Gideon. Time will fail Andrew Carl to talk about Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and of the prophets of the wonderful things they did. How they subdued kingdoms. How they wrote righteousness. How they obtained promises. How men like Daniel were able to stop the mouth of lions. How they quenched the violence of fire when the three Hebrew worthies were thrown in. How they escaped the edge of the sword. And out of weakness they were made strong. And they worked valiant in fight. And they turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Elisha. How do you go through this challenging world? By trusting in God. It says, women received their dead back to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. That they may obtain a better resurrection. There is always some better thing to come. We must always trust when God says there is a better thing to come. And that's why I want to focus on the three better things to come. And then I close. For the first one, it says, in the book of Hebrews, it should be chapter 11. And this is 11, reading from verses 15. It says, oh, no, no, how can I start from verses 15? Let's start from verses 13. It says, these all died not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. And they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came, they might have had opportunity to return. But now, they do what? They desire a better country. Heaven is our goal. We must desire a better country. In Hebrews 11:35, it talks of these people who were sustained by their desire to obtain a better resurrection. You know what? I see something. There is a resurrection, but there is a better resurrection. There is a country, but there is a better country. If all your interest is in this country, you've lost it. We must seek a better country. Even those who are wicked will resurrect. Imagine. So you must desire a better resurrection. And as you go ahead to read, it says this in verses 38. Of whom the world was not worthy, these people wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and in the dens and in the caves of the earth. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. I want to close with these next two verses. The next two verses says this in verses 39. And these having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise now that, that is interesting that is interesting I am seeing something interesting over here and I want you to understand it in verses 13 it said of Abraham Jacob, Isaac the patriarchs it says these all died not having received the promise but having seen them afar off and were persuaded and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. But you know what? Now when you read in Hebrews 11:39, he puts a punching line over there which is interesting. He says, and all this having obtained a good report. Wait, what is a good report? When the report card of Daniel is being read, as we have read it over there, of Gideon is being read, as we have read it over there, of Samson, of Harosra, of King David, and you know them, most Joseph, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Abel. It says this one. Have you obtained a good report? 
question. Why didn't they receive the promise if they obtained a good report? Having gone through the challenges of this world, why could God let them attain the goal of heaven? Having gone through all this. This whole, having received a good report, having obtained a good report, Receive not the promise. Why? Verses 40 answers it as we close. God, having promised some better thing. Amen. That God promised some better thing for us. Wait, wait, wait. Why hasn't David received the promise? Because of you. Is it good that God is so patient? To suspend the rewarding of the heroes of faith because of us. Despite the challenges of this world, God is saying, This all, having obtained a good report, received not the promise. God, having promised some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. God designed, de- designed that when He is going to perfect the saints, when he's going to make the saints perfect, he wants to do it when we have all finished the race. And I love this. And that is why when you go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, I told you that I ended the sermon so that I began it. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, having said that God, having prepared something for us, that they, without us, shall not be made perfect, now God says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, that wherefore, seeing that we are so encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, in other words, we are the people who are suspending these people. We are the people who are delaying these people from receiving their promise. Wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every way, and seeing that God so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. Despite the challenging moments, God is saying, let us run with patience. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 12, as you read in verses 4, it will now say that you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. God is saying, I understand the challenge, but the goal is greater than the challenge. The desire for the goal made some people to walk through the fire. The desire for the goal for a better country made someone agree to go sacrifice his son. What have you done for the Lord in the desire for the gold? Let's rise up for a closing word of prayer. As a songwriter asks, how far from home? I love stanza three. I ask again, earth, sea, and sun, same with one voice to make reply. Time's wasting sons are nearly run. There's something called the hourglass. The hourglass used to or still is composed of some figure eight glass that has sun. And so the sun is normally put on top and to know the duration it's the time that it takes for the sun on top to be emptied to the bottom. And as the sun runs out, when you see the sun remaining on the top surface, is very little. You know that our time is almost done. And so that's why the songwriter said that even nature himself seems with one voice to make reply to all of us that time's wasting suns are nearly running out. I don't know whether heaven is still your goal, but I ask us, I know there's a challenge of heaven. I know there are several things that we meet on our day-to-day basis. But my desire is that we keep our eyes on the goal. I'll tell you something, maybe a bit of digression from the sermon. All of us who are still students and who are aspiring to be students, it's always good to keep your eye on the goal. When you're in Form 1, you must know what grade you want to get in Form 4. 
that is why you say we normally say that you have to make decisions like which subjects to drop, which subjects to go and continue doing. You must always have an interest on the goal to help you make decisions right now. And that's why on focusing on the challenges of this world, we must keep our eyes on the goal. That's why Hebrews 12:2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Our focus must be on Christ at all points in time. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, to you be glory, honor and dominion now and forevermore. We have challenging moments on this earth. If I was to ask as a preacher, dear Lord, to this congregation listening to me, how many want to go to heaven? God, I am so sure almost all hands will go up. But God, our desire to go to heaven should be seen in our desire to live faithfully in view of eternity. And as you give us an appeal to live right, yes, we face the challenges of this earth, but God, you have told us that seeing that we have so many people who are witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. God, some of us think that we have a short temper, but Moses had a short temper. God, some of us have problems with our eyes, but Samson had similar problems with his eyes. God, and the list is long. There are so many people, despite the fact that they were afraid, despite the fact that things were tough for them, but when they held on to you, despite tough moments, you guided them through. So gracious Lord, help us. Our desire is to obtain the better thing that you prepared for us. We thank you for your patience with us as you've decided to suspend the reward of the saints long gone so that you may reward all of us at the same time. God, I remember the solemn words recorded in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4. When it says that we which are alive shall not prevent those who are dead. It says that the Lord himself shall descend with the trump of God and with the shout of a knock angel. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. God, it's our desire to meet you in the air. God, it's our desire to spend eternity with you. Bless us. Guide us as we go through these tough moments on this earth. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you all and keep you safe.